Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sage Advice Podcast. I am your host as always, Sin Sage, and today I have with me Riley Daniels. Hello, Riley. Hello. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, so excited to have you. (laughs) And uh, please, could you introduce yourself to the listeners out here and say what you do and what you're all about and... Absolutely. Um, So I am the Riley Daniels. I do put an article in my name. I feel like it's a little fancier. I have been in the industry for around eight to nine years now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't because I look so young, which is okay. (laughs) I don't mind it. I'm not mad about it. Um, But I do a little bit of everything. Um, I started in Clips and Cam. And then OnlyFans became the thing. So fan sites are very much um, what I'm into. Um, I've done, I've definitely, you know, done a lot of collab work, Um, a little bit of mainstream, not a ton, but I do, I danced for a while. I wasn't good at that. Uh, You can't be good at everything. (laughs) You know, I like to, I like to try a little bit because I don't know what I'll be best at. And honestly, the trends change. So I like to, I like to know how to do everything. That's very smart. (laughs) It's important because things change so quickly in our industry. And I mean, in many industries, but you know, who would have thought six years ago that OnlyFans would be, you know, the thing. I mean, it was, yeah. it was clips and cam. That's what it was. And now, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's just very different. So it's, it's important to know how to do everything so that you can pivot when you need to. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess the reason why I was just a little surprised that it was like eight or nine years, not that because you look young, even though like definitely you do. So hang on to that for as long as you can. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, but because I don't know when I worked when you know I I was talking to my other model friend who's here right now as trying to describe like how did I meet you and I I thought that like you reached out to me when you were coming to Vegas about shooting some content mm-hmm. so that would have been maybe 2019 yeah I definitely uh, was not full time before then yeah um, you know it was I I sold a lot direct sales like on Reddit and you know was generally just a hot girl on the internet (laughs) and then as as I started getting more into the workforce I was like this sucks and I don't want to do this anymore and right you mean mean like the sort of normal workforce yeah I worked in insurance mostly Um, yeah so gross (laughs) and like elder insurance so basically all day all I did was call people and give them bad news it oh, was no. oh it was not fun and oh, yeah you had posted something i had done one collab with someone in uh I'd done a trade shoot with someone in my town mm-hmm. and then you had posted that you were that you were just open for models that you were just looking for people to shoot with yeah and, and i reached out literally not even thinking you would answer i was like this girl is <laughs> real like she has a real career i who am i <laughs> uh, and then you did and you guys were my second ever like collaboration working with another another person oh wow oh my god honored feel honored (laughs) and it it did because it was nice it set a standard because you guys were so so sweet and so organized and like 
<laughs> it, it really was like, hmm, okay, so this is how it should be. And this is what, this is where my standards should be. Wow. Okay. Well, I was yes. just, that's amazing to hear. Yeah. Cause I don't know when you're like living in your own little bubble, mm-hmm. sometimes it can very much feel like, gosh, I'm not nearly as organized as I should be. And I, I should yeah. be writing down ideas before I get with people and I should be doing X, Y, and Z and, uh, and I'm not. So I, you know, it's, you're your own, you know, not just yeah. most critic, but like most, most um, critical Oh, definitely. Yeah, I wish I could feel the same way about me that other people have told me. This is what I'm saying. Yes. Like I I do. I get it. Because like I hear people will be like, oh, you have such great ideas. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can barely handle my own stuff sometimes. Right. But it it does. It's that it was very, very much. You guys very much set the standard. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. That's very nice. You are, you're very um, but one thing that I will say for sure is that I do hope that I always hope when I'm working with other, oh, when I'm collaborating with other performers and stuff is, um, is that we are definitely, I'm like super mindful about reaching, like hitting a certain bar and a certain standard mm-hmm. and like making sure that they're really comfortable and that they feel respected and, you know, all the things like decent human being stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It seems obvious. Yeah. It seems. <laughs> it sure does. Obvious. But I hear but then so we many. work with some people and. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. It's just I, not I how it is. Definitely hear so many horror stories. And um, I'm often shocked, even though it's, it's weird at this point. It's like, how many times will the same thing continue to shock you? But it always right? does. <laughs> no, I get that. And it should. Because it yeah, should be, I agree. It should, yeah, it should be out of place. Like the exactly. you know the the people in our industry, the bad apples, if you will. Yeah. You know those should be those should be shocking because we should be like, yeah. whoa! Everyone else is you know doing their best, and you're not. And you're not. And then my thing is like, I do believe that everyone deserves like a chance at redemption and stuff. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And so this is why like, okay, canceling is like, yes, we should to a certain extent. But then if someone actually comes on and is like, I was so obtuse and blind to what I was doing and how I was being. And now the light has been, but it's never like that. It's always yeah. like digging in your heels and being like, um, I have every right to be a douchebag. And right. You know? you're, you're right. I do get it. If people saw some of the things I posted as a teenager, right. Like right. I, we were animals back then. That's just how it was, you know, but if someone found, you know, those tweets or whatever, I'd be like, whoa, yeah, Yeah. that is, that was not okay. That was a not okay thing to do. And I get that now. I have grown up, but you're right. It's the lack of accountability that tends to be the final nail in the coffin. Yes. And the perpetuation. I mean, I I hear again, you know, in the following years after being called out and they're just still doing the same shit. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. But uh, so I am a little interested in uh, you mentioned that you danced in a strip club for a little while. Did not I did. know this about you. So was this sort of at the beginning of your journey or? It was. That was I had canned and things of that sort for a long time. OK. Um, how old am I at this point? Yeah. How I old am, are you? I think I'm 21. I'm 21 at this point. Oh, shut I'm, your mouth. I'm 30. Yeah, I'm 30 now. So that 30. was when I was, yeah, that was when I was 20. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, congratulations. Um, and I had been, I'd been working in like a factory, like building Aww, things. And I was yeah. like, what, what is this? Right. And I, I 
broke up with the boy I was seeing at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it out. Cause what's, you know, what's the worst that'll happen. And so wow. I danced for about a year at a couple of clubs, but as it turns out, that is just not, I'm not good at a hard sell. Okay. So this is what, like my, what I'm really curious about, you know, you say, yeah. oh, I just wasn't good at that. Like what wasn't, yeah. what do you I feel loved, I adored the atmosphere. I thought it was so fun Yeah, because you're basically is, getting yeah. paid to hang out with people. But the yeah, problem, and like feel sexy and yeah. But the know. problem is that I like hanging out with people too much. Yeah, that's I why that. I'm, that's why I'm better on cam because the moment that I have to sell you on me, yeah, hmm, I'm not great yeah. at it. I crumble. Yeah. You tell me no one time, I'm like, all right, well, I'm never no. talking to you again. Yeah, no, yeah. he might like, well, he's he's definitely he said no. I gotta go. And no, he's yeah, not gonna was, change his mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm no good at a hard sell. It turns out. And I, I probably could be better now, but now the idea of putting on eight inch heels sounds really horrendous. <laughs> so <laughs> that ship has uh, sailed. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand that, you know, totally. I, I always say, you know, I feel like I was a really good stripper. Like mm -hmm. I, I was, I eventually reached a point where I was very good on stage and learned a bunch of tricks and stuff, but I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And then like giving dances, you know, I, I don't hate it. And I was really, really good at it. Like mm -hmm. I, I'd make eye contact. I'd be like caressing the face. Like I could really do the seduction mm -hmm. thing. But the part in between, I mean, the part where you have to like get the person to say yes, yes to giving mm -hmm. you their money and then going in the back. And then after you do one or two dances, like how do you make them keep doing it? Yeah, I, I never... totally understand. Yeah. Like I never quite figured that out. And I, I felt like my best customers would always be ones who really appreciated the way that I was giving them a dance and weren't Definitely. like, why isn't she jerking me off? They, they were like, yeah. you know, the people who are like, I came here to have an erotic experience. Mm -hmm. You are giving me that. So I will keep giving you money. Whereas like a lot of other people, it's, it's you know, that's not exactly what they're there for. Um, no, definitely. And I think that has, I'm, I'm sure this is true for you, that has continued in our fan base. I, yeah, I love, actually, I love yeah. Yeah. I never made I, that connection. Yeah, but it makes I love sense. performing. I Same. loved being on stage and I love giving a lap dance. I love being yeah. in front of someone. I love yes. sharing my energy with them and yes. you know, having a good time, but I'm, I'm not good at the sales part. No, it's, it's that <laughs> it's that beginning. Well, like, do you want to? And it's yeah, it, I was I was always so awkward with it. And now yeah. that I had that I can make clips and kind of show people a little bit. Right. Typically, my fans come to me. Yes, yes. Because I'm, I'm not for everybody. Of course, exactly. And that's just like another beautiful thing about, in my opinion, the sex industry and mm -hmm. why it has like raised my confident level confidence levels and I, oh, yeah. I explain this to people a lot too and I'm sure I've talked about it on this podcast but how it's like people think oh no stripping and sex work in all these various different ways it must be so competitive and mm -hmm. you must feel all of this pressure to like work out or look a certain way or whatever and I'm just like honestly before you know I got deep into being this persona and like doing what I do, I was way fucking more insecure. Oh, and, I feel the same way. Yeah. And just like to me, again, what the industry has shown me is just that like there is space for every body type and 
and there are people who love every body type and like thanks to yeah. the internet like those people can find us whatever it is they're looking for and I just feel like it's raised the confidence levels in so many ways and showed me that like most humans in general they're just attracted to what they're attracted to and it's not like no Definitely. you have to look like this supermodel or whatever it's mm -hmm. like no I love these curvy ways that I like the hip dips and I like yeah. you know all this stuff that people can be so self-critical about yeah. and there's there an are audience people out there there are people out there who compliment me on the stuff I am insecure about exactly Fucking you know I'm like exactly. oh I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this and and you know I'll have people be like that's my favorite thing about you that's my favorite thing like yep. that's that's what I jerk off to and I'm like exactly that. and then once someone tells you that and I know the listeners cannot see me but I am you know I'm I'm very much a natural no makeup big t-shirt kind of girl <laughs> yeah and I used to be a full makeup never leaving the house without being made up Oh, and no. through the industry and, you know, the, uh, the occasional times I would not wear makeup and getting absolutely phenomenal feedback, yeah. you know, hundreds of men telling you that you're beautiful without makeup. Yeah. I mean, definitely helps. And it's, it's yeah. made me connect with literally just my face, not the things I put on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, raised. And now I'm like, whatever. I put makeup on on a special occasion. But I mean, otherwise, it's it's me that they're getting. Yeah. And that becomes sort of like your a part of your brand as well. Mm -hmm. So do you think that you had something specifically in mind when you started sort of uh, marketing yourself on the Internet as opposed to like in the strip club? as far as branding goes, or was that something that you kind of, um, you know, I think I said this the other day, but like blossomed into? I would say it's something I blossomed into. Um, and I've never, like, I've never been great at like being a different person. Like Riley yeah. is definitely, is definitely amped up versions of me. Sure. But all of those parts are me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I I'm agree weird with what you're saying. And I, you know, this is what you get and yes. the things that I say, I'm not good at censoring them. So that's just yes. it's just what you get. Yeah. And and learning and being reinforced that that was okay. And right. like, oh, there is a niche and a brand for me. You know, I don't have to pretend, I don't have to dye my hair blonde, I don't have to cover up my tattoos. Yeah. You know, people will be like that weirdo. Oh, I like her. Exactly. And, and that's, yeah. that's what I've always kind of strived for. I've been like, if we can like nerd out and have a conversation, like, and then I can take my tits out and you can come like, that's amazing. Yeah, what, a, right? what an amazing experience for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, so the first time, and I guess I'm, I can't remember if I knew or not that we were only your sort of second collaboration ever, mm -hmm. but you know, you were a wonderful, beautiful per person, mm -hmm. but a little, maybe more in a little, a little more withdrawn, perhaps. Mm, and sure. then I saw you again, maybe what, two years later, because we had a mm -hmm. whole pandemic and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you were, you were, you were fully like out of your shell. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I do. You commented that I have never oh. forgotten this. It oh, was shit. in 20, it was in 2022. And I remember it. Because I posted something and you you commented on my Twitter and you were like, I'm just so happy to see you like blossoming and like your content is really so good. And I died. 
I, oh I, re- I, first of all, I remember it to this day, but like, that was like, I was like, okay, all right. All right. I got yes. it. I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh, you're and doing do. fucking fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was good to hear. Well, I'm super, you know, proud of you and everything I've seen, you know, since then. And I think at the time, uh, too, this, the second time, it, you know, you'd been uh, doing your uh, your OnlyFans for quite some mm-hmm. time and you were breaking it down to me how you do it. And uh, I'm like, this girl is just, she's on it. Like, and that's yeah. the thing, you know, again, so in the strip club, I totally relate. It, it is really hard to... Uh, make that sale. And even doing what we do now, I, I struggle sometimes. Am, am I doing marketing right? Like, is, are there other better ways I could be Definitely. doing this? But I, but I always feel that, you know, all the only tools we really even have for ourselves mm-hmm. is Twitter and then censored versions on these other platforms. Yeah. And that's like, as far as we can really go, but what you are doing with, with your only fans and everything, I was just super impressed how did you <laughs> how did you figure that out for yourself or did you have people guiding you or giving you tips or a little bit of both um i'm really into education so yeah. I've, I've always tried to be in groups and surround myself honestly with people that are doing better than me because i feel yeah. like that's and that's a i mean it's a relative term because everyone's sure. doing something but you know, people that I can learn from, right? And I did a lot of that in the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I, I really sat down, and there were no distractions, and I was just like, yeah. "This is, this is what I want to do." And I really appreciated the feedback that you can get from fans immediately. Yeah. And it it shaped the content I make, but also the way I make content. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned to see, I guess, through a male gaze, which I struggled right. to do before, but getting that instant <laughs> feedback, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard as a, as a woman to exactly know. I was surprised, I guess, at what men always find attractive or the majority of men, I guess, the majority of my fans, you know, I right. was surprised that they preferred me without makeup. I was surprised right. that they, you know, my, my super HD long high quality videos were not particularly what they wanted because they wanted more amateur stuff. And so kind of learning that and doing, you know, a little AB testing has been delightful. It also scratches the wild ADHD I have in my brain (laughs) because, you know, things do change so fast and Mm -hmm. you can update things constantly. I feel like my project is never finished. Which enables me to work and want more. Mm -hmm. Yep. And again, I just think you're doing such a great job of it. (laughs) So you definitely, you know, you do your OnlyFans, you do it well. Um, Do you also have clip stores? I do. I have both clips for sale and uh, mini vids. Um, And I I love clips. That's my first passion because I can talk forever yeah and i love i love being able to i love making a super elaborate set and you know doing a crazy role play and stuff and while that is not exactly what my fans adore i do i just really i've just really gotten back into 
filming for clip source regularly mm-hmm. and it it pleases a part of my soul because yeah. I get to do the things that I want to do. I get to wear the silly outfits. I get to say the silly things. Um, and it, when, you know, when people ask me what my job is, I tell a lot of vanilla people, I get to dress up for a living. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent true. And I, I love yeah. that because I love performing and I yes. love, uh, you know, making things that people are like, yes, that's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Creating and performing. Yeah. Yeah, and I've obviously as doing what we do, mm-hmm. there's so much back end stuff that we have to do now. Like we also have to be oh, yes. marketing and social mediaing and uh, answering emails influencing and up shoots and yeah, influencing and all this other stuff. But you know, but the passion for me, and it sounds like for you too, is mm-hmm. definitely just like being in front of the camera, doing the performance. That is the yeah. fun stuff. So I get an inkling that you might have been a theater kid. I definitely was. Okay. Now, <laughs> I was, strangely, I I have real stage fright. And I still do to this what? day. It's, I know. I know. So I was I was in uh, drama all four years. But I was, only, yeah. I was only in the back. I only ever did. I was the assistant. I was the production assistant for a long time. Okay. Um, and my drama teacher wanted nothing more than to get me on stage. Yeah. He, he would bargain with me. He'd be like, we can do any play you want, whatever you want. Yeah, you so just Any role you want, you can have it. And I'd be like, no, no, I can't do it. And I didn't. I It was oh really until I started dancing and I kind of found how much I love performing, which I do regret slightly because it if I had done that, you know, in theater. Yeah. I, I know I would have enjoyed it, oh, yeah. but it, it took me, it took me a long time to get there. I'm wickedly yeah. shy in person, yeah, <laughs> which makes people laugh, Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's very true. I get, I, I get nervous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because I think, I think a lot of people, people would be surprised to know that a lot of people in this industry get on TV and mm-hmm. or on TV, but you know, like I'll get on camera, get in front of yeah. a camera and, you know, put a dick in every hole and fucking yeah. like wilding out and doing amazing. And then like you meet them in real life and they're like, hi. Yeah. yeah. I used to, <laughs> I used to tell people and I still do. I used to say, I don't like, I don't know what to say if there's not a dick in my mouth, but like if my boobs are not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to get into YouTube, which I'm having a lot of fun filming for. I'm filming weird, goofy things, That's but so cool. it makes me so, it makes me so much more nervous yeah. than just like taking two dicks. Like yes. somehow I get, I start sweating. I'm like, what if this isn't right? What if people make fun of me? And I'm like, what? I'm like, I do the grossest stuff on right. camera, right. but I did a try-on haul from Victoria's Secret. I had to pause like four times and like, relax. <laughs> and I was like, this is goofy. This is so silly. <laughs> but it but it is that way. I mean, there's something mm-hmm. about, you know, being with your tits out and you're just like, okay, oh, yeah, everybody's just going to like this. I don't, you know, right? it doesn't matter what I do. This is good shit. The, the Which, boobs by are the distracting. Way, yeah. And your boobs are like, whew, they are special. They are something really special. <laughs> They're fucking beautiful. Uh, but like, so, but then when it's just, okay, no, be, be mainstream, be, you know, like yeah. your clothes and be, on be and be entertaining. You. Like, 
yeah like mm-hmm. every like it's just you there's nothing to distract yeah. there's it's mm-hmm. just you and what you say and you you get that you get that voice in your head that's like who wants to hear what you have to say oh, and it's man. you gotta you gotta tell it you gotta be like yes. no we're a bad bitch yes this is what we're doing today yes and regardless of where you're making the content or anything it's like you know all these mm-hmm. people want to hear what you have to say so. yeah so little voice, you can shut the fuck up. Cause absolutely, I absolutely, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, well, one thing I do kind of know a little bit about you is that uh, your your family, or at least your mom, has been like really supportive. Yes, of My, you and mm-hmm. your career. So, how what did that look like when you were sort of getting into it and coming out to your your mom or your family? Uh, my mom is the best. Um, she she is. I couldn't I couldn't toot her horn enough. Um, yeah. I was when I decided that I was going to be in sex work. I don't know if you've ever seen Degrassi: The Next Generation. I am too old. <laughs> it's a it's a Canadian teenage soap opera. Yes. And there was an episode where a girl took pictures of herself and sold them online. Ooh, and obviously, scandalous. I, yeah, I, like I knew what porn was. Like obviously. Right. But I, I went to look into it. I was like, is that a thing? Like, could I just be hot on the internet? And I found <laughs> my free cams. Right. And I watched a girl on there. And I, I literally told my mom that day, I'm 17. I went, this is what I'm going to do when I turn 18. I said, this is it. Yes. I said, this is what I want to do. And she kind of yeah. laughed and she was like, well, you know, whatever you want to do, I'll support you. And I turned 18 and I signed up. And I was camming after everyone went to sleep on the family computer in the living room. Wow. I came home one day with a laptop and she goes, where'd you get that? I was like, I bought it. And at the time I didn't have a job. She goes, with, with what money? I was like, I've been camming after you guys go to bed. And she was like, she was a little shocked for a second. She was <laughs> like, well, I mean, as long as you're safe. And that's, that has been the mantra our entire yeah. time she comes with me to events she came with yeah. me to uh xbiz and she'll come with me to avn yeah. um, honestly honestly she's probably more popular than i am at this point people right? absolutely love her her <laughs> twitter is the porn mom like she is so <gasps> yeah she's she is anything i needed i moved back home during the pandemic and she was like okay she's like we'll turn the basement into a studio and that's what we'll have oh my gosh and and it was it was so nice. She's absolutely the best. I did get choked up a little, but I Aww. did what what I had always wanted to do. This year, I bought her a house. Oh my god, Riley! And that was amazing. That's, I was like, I don't need a new car. I don't need big boobs. I don't need any of that. <laughs> I need to buy my mom a house. Yes, and I did, and that was that was really really important to me because she has wow. always she's always been my biggest cheerleader. Anything I want, any crazy idea I have she she's right there that's so amazing god <laughs> and it's and it is because it's 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 just it's just not that way for everyone and that breaks my yeah, heart like exactly. when she says she's the porn mom it's because she's everyone's mom like yeah. you you're always welcome she's your mom when she comes to events she's like what do you need i got you oh, i it, love it it does it makes me really happy that like i i am so incredibly lucky with her and i yeah. can share her with people yeah, totally. Gosh, it reminds me of, have you ever worked at a strip club where they had a house mom? 
I haven't, but I've only heard good things. You've heard of them, yeah. That's what my mom wants to be when she gets older. I was like, like, that's what I could do. It's the perfect like retirement job, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's usually, of course, I've met house moms that are very kind of see themselves in the same crew as the rest Mm. of the strippers, and so they can Mm -hmm. be kind of catty and shitty. Yeah. Otherwise, I've met house moms that were so welcoming and tell me like, oh, here's where this is and here's where that is. And, oh, did you have a snack? I can sew it up for you. And they bring food for everyone and just really cool, which is the whole idea. Um, No, definitely. Yeah, your mom is kind of like the the porn porn mom, the porn house mom. Like It is. It's I I am always so incredibly lucky that – that she was always always like that and and no matter what the crazy ideas i tell her she 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 makes things you know for my for my videos she's she's very crafty um ah. she'll learn whole new skills to make things she's wow she's the best oh ah, that's so awesome and it's just really you know anything that you have to come out as to people mm-hmm. it, it can be such a challenging and a struggle and isolating and stuff so definitely as I tell people like to have that level of support uh whether it's from your family or your partner or just people who will be there for you no matter what don't Mm -hmm. judge you like that makes such a big difference in anyone's life really definitely and and with all things it it breaks my heart constantly because you know we live on the internet you hear so many stories and not just in our industry but you know people people coming out as queer people just just being a little bit different right it it breaks my heart to hear about other parents yeah yeah me too whether it's queerness or sex Mm -hmm. work or any of the variety wide variety of things not doing the career that your parents wanted you to do yeah. or just not like living in that prescriptive little box that society wants, you know, people to go a certain way. And um, it's, it's really hard for a lot of people. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, having a supportive, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just God, it changes everything. It does. So since you mentioned the queerness, how do you mm-hmm. identify now pansexual for sure mm-hmm. ironically i definitely thought i was full lesbian growing up i grew up in a very small town mm-hmm. um but girls were the first thing i was ever interested in uh, yeah. which i mean makes sense look at girls let's let's be honest i know right <laughs> right but like a, you know a girl was my first kiss i was very i was very much into women until my older teens um right. and then i was like oh, okay I can be bisexual. Like you felt um, yourself being attracted to guys. Definitely. And then as I've gotten older, uh, sex and intimacy and all of that is very mental for me, mm-hmm. which I mean, is the way it should be, but you know, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's very, I guess like I just have to vibe with someone that sounds dumb, yeah. but I mean, that, no, that, that really is sound just, dumb. Yeah. And so it really, it really just depends. I've met people that are all walks of life that I'm like, wow, your energy is beautiful. Right. And that as I've gotten older, that's been the most important to me is like, what does it feel like when we're together? Yeah. So is that kind of when you say pansexual, 
uh, I know what that means. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of other people do, but what, what does that mean for you? And this could explain it a little to any listeners who might not understand. So for me personally, that means that regardless, I can find people attractive regardless of their gender or even gender identity. Mm-hmm. I find things attractive in people that are more core values and core qualities. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, find people attractive, but it's right. my, I guess, field of vision mm-hmm. for people is, is so much wider because no matter the vessel you come in, yes. if I really vibe with you, I will find you attractive. Yes. Is it kind of like, or did you watch that show Shit's Creek? Yes. And yes, the, the <laughs> wine. The very, yeah. yeah. I like the wine about, and not the label. Yes, the wine and not the label. Oh, best yeah. show. If you haven't watched Shit's Creek, please watch it. It it'll is. It's melt, very good. It'll melt your cold heart. <laughs> it was, I, I always love a show that can make you laugh and cry in the same episode. Oh my God, yes. That's right. always a 10 for me. Yeah. So, and it also seems a little bit like, have you heard of demisexual? I have. And and that is definitely if I want to like like be in a relationship with someone and kind of right. that that is really necessary for me. Like yeah. sex and intimacy and anything physical is always a hundred and ten percent better. For sure. If if we have a connection. I could yeah. not do casual sex anymore if I tried. Like I just wouldn't yeah. know how to function. Right, um, right. Because it's when you have a connection with someone, it's just so good mm-hmm. that the, it's like the, not even worth it. Yeah, to do exactly. It that other way. Yeah. So, d- how does that translate for you into work? Is that something compartmentalized, totally separate, or does that sort of play a role in some ways? It plays a little bit of a role in that. Now, I'm very lucky because I'm an independent. And so I get to choose who I work with, which is really nice. I can, oh, I can yeah, seek out sure. people and things of that sort. Now, sometimes you meet someone and the vibe is just not there. I'm still good at my job and good yeah. at making it come through. Right. But it always feels better, I guess. And I, I do assume it looks better. I mm-hmm. mean, I've it's, it's hard to tell as the person making the content. For sure. But... If you're if you vibe with someone, I just always feel like you're gonna be so much more excited and so much more. Oh yeah. And it and 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 vibing is so many different things. Like it could be just a quick conversation. You like how they post. You know, then you meet oh, them. Oh, totally. It's cool. Yeah. It's 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 not like you need to spend, you know, hours and days and weeks with a person to, <laughs> to feel their vibe. Um, totally, it yeah. just, you know, if you if you connect with someone and you have the ability to work with people that you know you connect to, or at least think mm-hmm. you will, yeah. I think it it just it helps a lot. Uh, I agree. Uh, it's definitely, you know, there's there's work that feels like work, and then there's mm-hmm. work that is like fucking awesome, <laughs> you yeah. know. And so, for sure, like there are small handful of scenes that I've done in my career where whether it was something that happened before, during, or after mm-hmm. that I was just like, eh, this person is yeah. shit, but I've, I'm doing my job here. And, and I've been like, I don't see how fans can watch this and not know that this isn't the greatest, 
But yeah. then people will tell me like, oh my gosh, your scene was so-and-so. Oh, so good. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad you think so. Yeah, no, very, very much same. <laughs> and like, Cause... I, I, I'm just like, wow, I really am good at performing. Yeah, that's, that's the time I think you really, you know who you are as a performer. Yeah. Because for the most, I mean, for the most part, I get to work with my friends and that's really nice. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the best. I mean, yeah. you know, go into someone's house that you know, you know, you're going to go out to dinner afterwards. You're just yes. kind of hanging out. You make the best content. But sure. same, I've, I've gotten feedback from videos with people that I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you know, good feedback. And I've been like, okay, yeah. well, it turns out I am a good performer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like fucking confidence booster right mm -hmm. there. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so yeah, so it sounds, sounds like you knew before you even turned 18 that you were ready to get into sex work. Uh, and that was that was me too. <laughs> you know, I was probably 13 when I started telling everyone I was going to be a porn star. Mm -hmm. And look at me now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but uh, obviously at the time I had no idea what that would look like. And I hadn't really seen porn. And when I was 13, the internet was like in its baby stages, mm -hmm. like brand fucking new. So when I was a teenager, uh, the worst things that I was doing on the internet the baby baby internet was like aol chatting and i would find oh, like yeah. a sexy chat room and mm -hmm. then i'd be like you know one hand typing and so i what did we call it because we didn't call it like sexting back then because it wasn't no. texting it was uh oh. no it, we did it was call a it word different it was a I word to, yeah i used to be on i used to be on msn i used to go on omegle which just shut down that was a, mm -hmm. I hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about Omegle in a hot second. I've never and even heard then, that one. <laughs> so it's, it's a, first of all, it's children should not be allowed on it. Um, it's basically yeah. just yeah. where you log on and it just shows you like a random camera from oh, somewhere in the world. Uh, yeah. And then I've you can just flick through. I've seen a different version of that. Yeah. Like Omegle is the original. Oh, and sure. yeah, I used okay. to get on there when I was like 15, 16. I saw so many strangers jerk off. Yes. Like definitely. that was, that was not a place. Yes, for sure. The early <laughs> internet was a wild place for people. Oh, it was wild west, baby. Yeah. And I was on, uh, I was going on these like adult friend finder mm -hmm. and making like a little profile and, and like talking to adults. And I would even tell them I was not 18 and they would be like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was full on to it's catch a predator back then. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Every day was just another episode of to catch a predator. Yes, and the whole thing about it is like, even the, uh, this is probably going into bad territory right now, but um, I was like, oh, I'm curious, and I know what I'm doing, but I would not have gotten in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Like I said, I was originally just like an internet hot girl. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember Hunter Moore and his. Oh, I watched this whole documentary about him yeah, on Netflix. <laughs> That's one of the reasons that I, not one of the reasons I got into this, but I was mm -hmm. Twitter famous before that was a thing. Like wow. it used to be really hard to get followers. And at one point oh, yeah. I had like 60,000 as a wow. 16 year old girl. Oh That's, my God. Yeah. That first of all, that's not Bad. okay. That Bad. did things. <laughs> But I was, I used to, I went to his parties and stuff. Wow. Like he'd, oh he'd throw these huge parties. Yeah. I watched that documentary with yeah. my mom. 
Yeah. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you know what I was doing when I was 16, but it was oh that. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it was, it was wow. insane. I got in trouble at one point because I had just turned 18 and I posted yeah. a girl's number on his website. Right. Um, so if you're going to do bad stuff, do it before you're 18. Yeah. Um, I didn't get in trouble, but I, um, it was touch you and go You definitely could have. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It, yeah. It was, a, it was a wild time back then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm talking about, so you're 10 years younger than me. So I'm talking about like yeah. 10 years before that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially wild. Yeah, especially. And so that was, that was, you know, my parents didn't even understand the internet. Like I was on no. their AOL mm-hmm. and my dad would be like, how do you use this thing? And I'm like, well, you can do this. And he's like, oh, but like, he, they did not know what I was getting up to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'd have to, if I saw, if I wanted to look at a sexy picture or like a picture mm-hmm. of porn, I'd find it and I'd sit there and I'd wait 10 minutes for the picture to oh, like yeah. slowly download. And uh, and then I wasn't going to go do that a second time. So I'm just looking at this picture, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, flicking the bean, as they say. And, uh, <laughs> but... So for so you know I, I came from analog times like the re- mm-hmm. the way that I discovered porn was you know magazine and stuff so how yeah. did you what was your first memory of like discovering porn I don't know it is very distinct I don't know how I got on this website to be honest I'm not sure if I went searching for this that <laughs> part of the memory is lost but, but it I was used to go- an internet. It was it, the yes, internet, the internet. Um, <laughs> I've seen a few dirty magazines, but we didn't like we didn't keep those in the house. Um, but I remember very distinctly, I used to go on this website, and it was two lesbians would find a third girl like in the wild, you know? Yeah, yeah, quote and unquote. Then, yeah, and then they would bring <laughs> her back and have sex with her. But it was back then you didn't have tube sites; you only had paid sites. So I was just yeah. watching like that twenty-four second. Preview, yeah, yeah. Of all, I think mean, you could watch like seven before it was like you have to pay now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to just go on there like every you know few days and just yeah. look at the most recent and just watch them over and over until it kicked me off. Yeah, and yeah, that was. I tried to look for that site, but I couldn't. I, I can't find it. But it was. I it know. Was, it was, yeah. I wish I had a like if I could get something like that going. Mm, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> great. It turns out that was my favorite thing when I was younger. <laughs> Absolutely. And but so you were already uh, like you knew that you were attracted to girls, or was that sort of like the baseline thing for you? Was it ever even a question? That's. I think that was the baseline because I remember I can remember watching shows as a kid. Mm-hmm. and and always always gravitate you know everyone had boyfriends and whatever when you're right. like seven or eight but I yes. o- only ever had girlfriends I was only oh. ever I was like nah I was like she's the prettiest obviously she's the <laughs> one I want as my girlfriend like duh <laughs> and I mean as kids everyone else is like yeah that makes sense but you know oh, I, I can distinctly so cool. remember you know the, the being being really enthralled because right. this is a little too early to like be sexually attracted but always course, being in, yeah. enthralled with women yeah and and wanting to know more about them and to you know what they smell yeah. like know what they felt like you know things of that sort right and i didn't feel like that about men until i was like 16 17 right right i was like oh boys are cute too okay I, all right so i'm curious then like did your you know 
because you grew up in a it was a somewhat of a conservative kind of area. I mean, it was the Midwest. Yeah, it was it was a yeah very small town in the Midwest. So, did you not encounter these feelings of that gay was bad, or uh, you know what I'm saying? I I did, and it's diff. It was it was difficult because at home I got like like I'd be like, "This is my girlfriend." My mom's like, "That's fine. Girls can kiss. Girls can get married. That's okay." Yeah. Like, and that was just obvious in my house. Right. But I did, I can remember distinctly being in middle school and we had a few girls in the grade that, that were out as lesbians Yeah. and the backlash they got taught me to not, which is probably why I explored men in my later teens. Right. Because it, it, it did teach me that that was bad. Now I was lucky enough to have a support system that was like, well, those people are idiots and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, But it it definitely, like I never, I never kissed a girl in my school. I always went to other schools for that because I was like, you know, if I, if I date people in my school, that will be frowned upon. And it was, it was a, a tumultuous situation that I had to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you're just like you're fucking smart (laughs) it sounds like you've always kind of you have this perfect storm of um you know supportive family and just you were raised right (laughs) it's i will tell my mom that you said that later yeah um it it really makes a difference because it at the at the time and definitely as i've gotten older i have the viewpoint of well, the people that love me and that I love yeah. are okay with me. And they're okay with yeah. all of me. Right. So I don't give a fuck what you think. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, if you want to be mean to me, if you want to bully me, if you want to say some out-of-pocket shit. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a you problem. Because when I go home, yeah. like, my mom and I are going to make fun of you. So yeah. it's and – that, and that, that has really – reinforced my whole life's decisions because it's enabled me to try yeah. things that I may not try. Um, right. I mean, I, I quit my job right before the pandemic to do this full time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was living with my mom at the time and I was like, I think I can do this. I'm yeah. pretty sure I can do this. I need you to give me two months. Right. For me to do this. And if I can't, then I'll go get a job. Yeah. She was like, well, if you say that you think you can do it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like three years later, you're buying her a fucking house. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been pretty ideal. And that's, that's what she says a lot is she's like, I, you wouldn't be here if I hadn't supported you. And it's like, that's really important to her as a mom. Yeah, for sure. And it, for it sure. reinforces all of her decisions. Like, you know, you, exactly. you came so far, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, oh man. Um, it's just really fucking cool. (laughs) So what's, what's like next for you? This is like a very common podcast question, but you know, what are, what are you sort of setting your sights on? Do you do this? Do you have like goals that you want to achieve aside from like monet, just like, Oh, I want this Mm -hmm. much money or whatever. But like, as far as the things you want to make or stuff like that. Definitely. I want to get back into making fuller production clips. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to get into more audio work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I too. Yeah. I it's something I really time. enjoy 
but I, I, I want to go back to, you know, some fetishy, fun, bigger production clips that I, I mean, I adore, you know, the amateur and, and the things that oh, guys yeah. want to see and, and that sort of thing. But I have a particular passion for creating. Yeah. That I'm excited now that I'm in a steadier place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to get into. Yeah. So do you? So you have concepts and ideas and things. And- Definitely. Um, it's yeah. at, now that I have a little bit more space in my house. I've been building some sets and and there's hey. you know, it's it, yeah. It's been it's it's been really fun and it's something I'm really excited to get back to. I'm excited to do the longer role play videos because mm-hmm. I, I love just turning on a camera and yeah, dressing up and talking shit. Like I miss it. Um, and then hopefully within the next year, year and a half, I might have my own site. Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah. Like a membership site. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a good, uh, it's always a good goal to have, um, mm-hmm. or just a concept site, whatever it is, you know, and especially yeah. cause again, I think so many of us are creative types. So mm-hmm. to have an outlet to express that and also still yeah. make have the income coming in and and having that work together <laughs> yeah. in harmony is like the best thing we're trying to do that too um mm-hmm. yeah like we bought a house and so we got a big ass basement and it's mm-hmm. just sitting there right now and mm-hmm. i want to be building sets down there and making this like you know functioning production studio do mm-hmm. you do customs i do customs are actually my favorite thing to do yeah. Um, because I just love, <laughs> I love when people have such an interesting creative idea that I hadn't even thought of. Exactly. Like, I love when someone, I always tell people the weirder, the better, like, yeah, same. like, let's, you know, let's make it fun. Let's have fun with it. And so that's something uh, that I love pushing that I absolutely adore making that, that mm-hmm. always custom content always makes me the happiest. Cause I know that someone requested this. Yep. And like they they can't find it, you know, just wherever. Mm-hmm. And and I'm making this art for them. Yeah, and they want specifically you to be yeah. in it. Whether they Which can is. find it elsewhere, they came to you because they're mm-hmm. like, I want to see you doing this. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever discovered a new fetish that you didn't know about or weren't aware of via custom videos? Um, I wasn't super. I I didn't know that I was really into like breeding or breeding like like being bred like yeah like 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 i always i knew yeah i knew i was into like you know objectification and things like Mm -hmm. that but the idea that you're just like there as livestock yeah that had never really occurred to me until i got a guy who would order them like every couple of months like he'd be like okay you know and he'd have a long a long in-depth script and the you know the more I made them, the more fun they were. And finally, yeah. he was just like, "Here's money, make me something fun." And oh wow! Like, I would just take over, and that that's been like, oh, turns out super into that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. I do have this, uh, you know, one of the few sort of like fantasies that sort of that turned me on is for sure not breeding in the sense of. Uh, like being made pregnant and stuff that's huge yeah for me personally that's fair (laughs) (laughs) that's why i got my tubes tied and everything but um but being there as like just 
stock for like fucking like like yeah my only purpose like the only thing i'm allowed to do i'm not allowed to have feelings or thoughts in my head yeah. like i'm just a body like you're just a pretty used. little hole you know yes and no, like, very very much so yeah and i've seen um because i'm really into that like the only porn i really look at ever is um like comic style like drawings like oh, art same in a sense do you find yeah. it difficult to watch porn now that you're in it oh yes for the past 20 years i've never watched i'm just not yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the more I get the the longer I've done it the yeah. more that I I now that I, I have a hard time watching real people porn yeah I can't really because I'm just critiquing it the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah it's a problem I'm like mm, yeah. that lighting's not great she does not look into yeah. this she does uh, not look into this and neither yeah. does he and they just can't wait to get their fucking paycheck and yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> so yeah I read a I read a lot of fan fiction and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I watch a lot of I watch a lot of animated, a lot of hentai. Okay, so side note, fan fiction wise, what is your uh, what's your the fandom? What's the um usually for like the mainstay is always The Witcher and okay. Supernatural. Oh, but I just started playing Baldur's Gate three. Hey, which is fantastic, <laughs> but there is a there is a very angsty, sexy vampire in it. Oh, you got me a sexy is, vampire. Yeah, whom is now <laughs> all I'm reading. Hell yeah. Okay, I love that uh, thing about Supernatural. It's basically uh, an offshoot of the X-Files. A lot of mm -hmm. the people who are work on Supernatural came mm -hmm. from the X-Files. So, And that was my fan fiction when I was I love younger. <laughs> love it. Uh, and I definitely... Not me over here reading this like eight part series of Scully having a lesbian relationship right? with some other woman. <laughs> I'm like, don't talk to me. They just dropped new chapters. <laughs> like I got, I got reading to do. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. But going back to talking about that sort of, it's almost like that free use idea, I guess. Yeah. But even less autonomy, like even mm -hmm. less. Um, Definitely. So I've talked, so one of the comics that I saw and it was a hustler used to have hustler taboo. And that's mm. what this was. It was all animated. And it was like slots in a wall. And oh, yeah. so like, it would just be like an ass with, mm. you know, ass and pussy holes sticking out of the wall, like glory holes, but almost opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, for some reason that turns me on so fucking much. Just no, thinking about I, that. I get that. Yeah, I get that for sure. <laughs> Uh, as a fantasy, y'all, as a fantasy. Right. But that's why I think it's interesting that you specifically mentioned objectification as like a personal turn on for you. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, when people talk about us and mm -hmm. over us instead of to us, yeah. that's often what they say as to why porn is bad. Objectification yeah. of you know women. They never talk about the, the men. Mm -hmm. They're not, I guess, being objectified, even though it's hundred percent the same exact thing yeah but you know for a lot of people you know you and me talking about it right now that's a huge turn on for us and Definitely. are we not allowed to be turned on by that like I've, I've been thinking this thought a lot lately like 
yes, I want you to objectify me. And sometimes like if we're having in-person sex, you know, treat me like I'm just an object. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also want you to recognize my humanity and that I, I am a person and I have Mm -hmm. feelings and I'm not a sex robot and I have dreams and interests and a full rich life. And is that not something that you can do at the same time, like I, I can do that. I can objectify whatever's like um, a musician or a, mm-hmm. a movie star and see them play this character and objectify them in that role, whatever it might be. And then also recognize that they are a person, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think like we as human beings are incapable of doing that. It's just we're so sex negative and sex phobic mm-hmm. that we are programmed almost to to not do that. Definitely. And I think it's, I think it's interesting because I mean, what it comes down to is consent. Like, you know, you and I are with each other. I am telling you, I like these things. I think when people, you're right. When people talk over us or about us, they view objectification in our industry the same way that you might view like a secretary in Mad Men. Or like you know, I mean, yeah. secretary today, you know, I've been objectified at my vanilla job and that mm-hmm. shit's not okay. Don't do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you and I are together and I say, Hey, I like this, mm-hmm. can you do it? And then you say, yes, I can. Right. Then, it, then it's, everyone is happy. And I think right. we, we lose that nuance totally. of, of how important consent is to our industry i mean as a whole yeah yeah nothing happens in our industry nothing good happens in our industry right you know without consent i mean it's that's the reason that we can do these crazy things exactly because we talked about it for so long beforehand Mm -hmm. you know the i i i was explaining this to someone and i I did my first orgy and our our consent (laughs) talk took you know 20 minutes as it should yeah and, you know, people are like, what do you need to talk about? And I'm like, everything. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to talk about everything. From the tip of your head to the tip yeah. of your toes. Like, what is okay? And, I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you like it in your hair pulled? Do you like it in your toes sucked? You, you know, what, exactly. what, what is it? And it's yep. that's what separates our objectification mm-hmm. from negative objectification is I gave exactly. consent for that. And to add on to that. You know, when you are working a, a normal job, a, I'll mm-hmm. call it a normal job or a regular job, mm-hmm. uh, let's say like service industry is a really great uh, example yeah. that you, you know, when I worked at the Olive Garden, I was, I had black pants on and a white button up shirt. I am not consenting when I am working at the mm-hmm. fucking Olive Garden to having like my ass pinched or to yeah. have treated like I am just uh, a, again like a robot mm-hmm. to serve you fucking pasta or whatever and refill your drink like that is not consent for that like I mm-hmm. but when I am naked on camera I am that to me hopefully in exchange for money mm-hmm. I'm consenting to the viewer to view me that yes. that is like the unspoken bond of consent that I've made by appearing on camera and then signing a model release somewhere, you mm-hmm. know, or, or just for my own content, uploading it to mm-hmm. the world. When you watch my porn and you haven't paid money for it, 
that really is violating my consent, you know, definitely in my opinion, if it's some, if it's something I got paid for that another uh, person paid me for, you know, you're still watching it. You're not contributing to, to this industry thriving, which I love this industry and mm-hmm. I would love for it to continue to thrive. And it provides uh, means of eating and <laughs> taking care of ourselves for so many people. So it is important to me that this industry thrives and continues to do so. But I do think that there is, you know, a lot of people and I talk to them a lot and I, they're like, well, yeah, so for your stuff, I can see why you want me to pay for it. But if it's from one of these other big companies, they already paid you, right? You got paid. So what do you care? And I'm just like, because I care, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's not, you are kind of watching it without my consent. If you're watching yeah. a whole scene for free that I didn't upload to my own mm-hmm. Pornhub channel or whatever. I mean, that's know? the thing. If I saw someone steal off of a, you know, table while I was waitressing, yeah, it doesn't right. affect me, but it hurts right. my feelings. Don't do that. It's really yes. bad. Exactly. And it's ruining, it's ruining it for everyone. Like yeah. you're legitimately only causing harm. Yes. My gosh, yes. <laughs> so that is kind of what consent looks like within mm-hmm. this industry and between viewer and performer, you know? Yeah. As long as, you know, you're watching stuff on the regular internet and not the dark internet Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? And this, this conversation we're having right now, we segues perfectly into the first question. If you are ready to answer a couple of questions with me, this is kind of a long one. So if you'll bear with me to get through the question. (laughs) All right, Sin, I am a big admirer of yours. I am a female fan and I've learned from a couple other performers that women make up an incredibly small percentage of their fan base and they hardly ever hear from them. I hope that is not the case with you as well. Side note, it is not. I have tons of female fans and they all talk to me. <laughs> like from my view, it almost seems like most of my fans are female. That mm-hmm. may not be the case, but yeah, I have a lot of them. So women watch porn, y'all. Um, <laughs> all right. So getting back to it. I not only love your work, I really appreciate the way you conduct yourself. I enjoy your podcast as well, yay, and saw your tweet soliciting questions, so I thought I would reach out to you. Let me state that my question is general in nature, so I'm not asking you to share your opinion on any specific agency, performer, or studio, if you don't want to. I was homesick with COVID last week, too much time on my hands, so I started scrolling through Twitter. I'm reading things like, quote, This industry attracts and rewards creeps and abusers or, quote, everybody knew this was happening, but no one felt safe to speak up. I think a lot of this is the porn community talking to each other. And yeah, it totally a lot of it is. But but I'm a fan working in a different industry and seeing these statements not feeling great about being a consumer of adult entertainment. So here are the questions I'm asking myself that I would love your input on. How can I be an ethical consumer of adult entertainment? How do I know my dollars and clicks are lining the right pockets and not enabling predatory behavior? Uh, Love to hear your advice. Thanks so much for your awesome work Um, from Jay. And this is uh, honestly, this is like one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. I'm a huge fan of the Savage Lovecast. I listen Mm -hmm. to every single episode with Dan Savage and so often people ask the question, how can I consume porn ethically? I feel like this is a huge question. 
and it definitely it's like you have sort of the rad femmes and the swerfs and like they're they're not going to listen to reason so let's push them to the side um, but because you can consume porn ethically mm-hmm. and there are tons of ethical companies and they're usually pretty transparent about it unfortunately what does happen sometimes is that some behavior of particular performers mm-hmm. or like one director person or something just can slip through the cracks or mm-hmm. fly under the radar enough to where you don't hear about it until it's kind of too late in a sense like you've already mm-hmm. heard now we've heard from three four ten performers who've had bad experiences with them so i, I have some concepts but i'd mm-hmm. like to hear from you first Um, I think it's really important, first and foremost, to consider the person or the people that you're watching. Mm -hmm. Um, If you say, I think it's really important to think about the person or people behind the screen. Um, Mm -hmm. There's lots of ways to consume, even that don't require direct money. I feel like the most ethical is always, you know, uh, directly supporting performers which is something that OnlyFans has given us but also clip sites and things of that sort yes Um, but you also many places have things like ad revenue um Mm. you know I I hear a lot you know oh well I can't watch anything on Pornhub that's that's unethical and I'm like well not anymore not anymore you know (laughs) you know and it's we've worked we work I feel like in, in the industry as a whole works really hard to try and be its best agree um, i do agree and so like i feel like the most ethical way to support someone is to make sure that they know that their content that that's their content whether they have uh you know if you're on pornhub you have verified accounts um so you know they're at least getting your ad revenue mm-hmm. or it's their profile it's you yes know, their mini vids their clips for sale their cam their only fans because yeah. that ensures you, much like a, an artisan, you know, craft person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that money is going into their pocket, not into yeah. a studio that you hope pays them or mm-hmm. not into an ad revenue machine that you hope pays them, which is yeah. better than nothing. Yeah. But ideally, you know, you can support someone directly. And a mm-hmm. lot of times the littlest bit means so much. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of foreign consumers feel like they need to be spending, you know, hundreds of dollars a month to be a real fan. And that is just not the case. Or um, they, they, you know, I've had people where I'm like, um, you know, join my OnlyFans. And they're just mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I don't do that. And I'm like, it's $10. It's $10. Right. It's two coffees. Like, just spend two coffees. And for an entire month, you can look at whatever yeah. I post on my OnlyFans. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Or it's like, go, a- go buy a clip from my store. It's mm-hmm. between 8 and $22 for them, yeah. like, almost all of them. So, And every little bit of that, because most of us are independent, mm-hmm. really means a lot. You know, if you send me yes. a $3 tip, I feel that $3 tip. You know, yeah. that's, that's money that goes directly in my pocket that mm-hmm. I will use to pay rent. Right. You know, it's, it, it doesn't have to be a ton. Um, there's also just ways you can show support, not monetarily. You know, you can be retweeting mm-hmm. stuff. You can be. Oh God. You know, yes. 
yeah, uh, sex workers in general constantly face uh, shadow bans and censorship yes. from all websites. So yep. anytime you can share, retweet, comment, like, the smallest mm -hmm. bit of interaction helps us because, again, most of us are our own studios. Yeah. You know, we film, produce, edit, post, get yeah. do all our own hair and makeup. You know, it's, it's yes. all on one, maybe two people. Yeah. But it's it's any any bit of support that you show towards a creator or a group of creators really is felt. Um, you know, yeah. I have guys who who, you know, they just have normal jobs and they can't pay that much, but they comment on every single one of my posts and they like it and they, you know, share it with, you know, group chats and whatever. Yes, yes. And it's I feel like as long as you are attempting to put money in the individual's pocket. Yes that is the most ethical you can be for sure because yeah as you said it's we're all pretty much our own studios at this point mm -hmm. so when you watch our stuff you you have stumbled upon someone that you enjoy something about them mm -hmm. you've tasted it some of what they've got to give uh, and then you can go and there are so many ways you can like ethically buy directly mm -hmm. from them and then you know that the people they're working with have they're happy with it. They've made mm -hmm. good stuff. You know, that this is all, these are all choices they've made to, you know, to, uh, to do this work. And, and so you can feel like really good about that. Mm -hmm. I will say that what I understand, something that I can understand too, is that, you know, there's something to be said for the high quality productions, mm -hmm. you know, when, I go and I'm hired to work on a mainstream set. Uh, I get paid an adequate rate. I set my rate. Mm -hmm. I tell them this is what I'll do it for. So I am happy about it. It's nice sometimes to not have to be the one in charge mm -hmm. of how the whole day is going to go. And I can just perform and enjoy that. And in the past several years, it's I have watched the safety and mental health and happiness of the performer really come to the forefront. Yeah. So before we do a scene, there's all this paperwork. So aside from the standard paperwork, now there's more paperwork that's like mm -hmm. you write down what are things that you would really love to have happen in the mm -hmm. scene? What are things that you absolutely refuse to have happen in the scene? What are things that people can call you? What are things mm -hmm. you definitely do not want to be called because it might be a trigger word or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so that you write all that down and then you look at the other persons and then the director sits there and he's got a camera, he or she has a camera on you and the, uh, they're asking all those same questions. So, mm -hmm. so I like, I really like working um, for adult time because they, they have been, uh, especially yeah. in all their studios, they have tons of little studios and it's like, we sit down and I'm sitting with my co-star next to me on the bed and there's a camera filming us and they're like, okay, are you happy to be here today? Uh, tell us blah, blah, blah. And like, let's start at the top of your head. Do you like having your hair pulled? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. What's okay with regards to that? Can you do it gently? Can you do it hardly? Do you love having it? Do you hate it? Definitely. All right. What about like squeezing your face or slapping? What about licking your ear? Okay. What about choking hand around the throat? Okay. No, not okay. Like, and literally it's like a point by point all the way down to the toes, like I was saying. And 
they've got it on camera. And so these things are very important to companies like that. And I feel mm-hmm. that not only is there a social media presence that kind of, that you can check into, mm-hmm. you know, all, if you're watching porn on a tube site that is not Pornhub now, now, then again, you don't know about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. If you are watching it now on Pornhub, because you cannot upload if you don't have a verified account. Mm-hmm. So you're not just going to be watching uh, unethical, non-consensual stuff now on Pornhub because you have to have all the paperwork and the IDs and all of the things, the consent forms. They're very strict about this now for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. because we still can't sell clips on Pornhub. Yeah. I wish Visa and MasterCard would let go of that. And now that they've changed things, uh, that would be just, it would make a big difference in all of our lives. But But, you know, when people watch the stuff that I've uploaded to my channel, it is my content and I've decided you can watch this for free now and I will make a little bit of money in ad revenue, like a very small amount, but I I can earn it. So that's something that you can know about Pornhub. But for big companies, uh, if you go on their Pornhub, you might get like a five minute video that they've either took a chunk out of it or they put it together like a clip, uh, like a um, compilation but if you want to go and watch the video and know that that mm-hmm. everyone is being treated well and stuff like that, you can do it on Pornhub now. But again, I would say like go to the website, buy a month or mm-hmm. buy a clip on the the VOD, you know, and that is that is an, an ethical way to consume it. But more to the point of what I think that the question is a little bit more about again, like this guy. There, everyone's talking about him on Twitter and we all knew this was happening and la, 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 la. And it's like, mm-hmm. just like almost any industry, you know, how long was Harvey Weinstein doing his deal before he got caught? Yeah. Decades, fucking mm-hmm. decades. Um, and that is just... I can, you know, I hate to say it, but like any industry, right? There are bad actors and they they can't all be vetted out Mm -hmm. because no one's a mind reader. And if people don't come forward and certainly not victim blaming, but I'm just saying that like this, if people don't know, they don't know. And and people, I don't know if it's a sociopath or abusers are very sneaky and insidious and they they have lots of ways of getting away with stuff for a very long time so i feel like all of these things have been implemented to try Mm -hmm. to keep that sort of thing to the minimum definitely Uh, i know on sets like you know the 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 men are never really in a room with a performer by Mm -hmm. themselves for more than a couple of minutes like that doesn't happen anymore i mean everyone's just super mindful Um, Yeah. And I think as, you know, to add on to the the end of that question, you do hear about bad things now, but you have to remember, you didn't hear about bad things because the internet wasn't, you know, Twitter was not a thing and Mm -hmm. performers were not empowered. Exactly. I do think now is the best time to not yes. only make porn, but to consume porn. Yes. Because when there is a problem, we can get together and go, that guy or that girl, that person mm-hmm. is a problem. 
and we yeah. need to handle it. Whereas, I mean, yeah. in the 80s and 90s, that oh. that was not, A, you were lucky Early if you knew about them. Yeah, I mean, you were lucky if you knew that these people were abusers. Right. But you definitely weren't going to do anything. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, but even now, if you make your own money, you're just like, whoa. This mm. is it. This is the big shift for sure. Yeah. Because even before uh, you could, you know, I made my own custom videos and I opened my own mm -hmm. clothes for sale store and stuff like that. And definitely before OnlyFans. It was like, I can't talk shit about this director publicly because yeah, then you'll never they get won't hired. hire me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And their friends and won't hire you and, you know, yep. blah, blah, blah. Very People much, very much to. a boys club. But now yep. so many of us make our own money, if not yes. more than we would or could make with studios. Oh, definitely. definitely so it's more. very much like you need us. We yes. don't need you. Yes, and so this that, is why everyone yeah. needs to unionize and support unions because, like, they need yeah. us. They need the laborers. They need the workers. Absolutely. What do they have if they don't have the workers? And they're like, no, we're going to pay you the lowest we can possibly pay you. Like, yeah. you know, workers like, are that's the cool. world. I'll just, I'll just go do this and, like, mm -hmm. not contribute. And, it, and mm -hmm. it is. It's once we got our own power and our yes. own our own stream of instant income yeah and more direct income that we can talk you right. know we can talk to our fans and know yep. what they want yep um studios lost a lot of power they yes. lost the power to lord over us to mm -hmm. dictate the standards to yeah. i mean how long ago was it that tattooed girls didn't get hired at all at all oh yeah like at all much just less, you know, bbw or you know any yes. anybody type that wasn't you know, blonde standard. Yeah. yeah, Standard blonde. You know, now you have so many companies, you know, hiring bodies of all kinds. Cause they're like, yep. Oh, obviously this is what fans want. Right. Variety is nice. Turns out. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then the, the other thing I will say too. So, so first of all, if you do like watching studio porn, because it does look very nice and they have very expensive cameras and <laughs> crews, uh, just keep your eye out for who's directing it. And then you can see who are we talking about on Twitter that we like, mm -hmm. you know, um, I will always say like, I love Ricky Greenwood. I tell him that. And, you know, he gets all, all these awards because the stuff that he makes looks amazing. And mm -hmm. so see who's directing it and then go on Twitter and be like, sex worker Twitter, who are the, who are people talking about that they like? And then oftentimes when I do see these people that are like, so-and-so is a piece of shit and stuff. It's usually just some dude who's trying to like make his own production. Yeah. He's a total douchebag and he's being an asshole and he's keeping content from people and la la la. la. So it's just like, don't buy from that guy. You know, yeah. that that's really how it is. And porn is not, is no longer a monolith. It's mm -hmm. everyone's doing their own thing. So, uh, so I would say that's a good way to kind of keep an eye on stuff. But another thing too, that, everyone always forgets about is aside from just being clip stores, being indie porn, like you can literally Google queer indie porn mm -hmm. and Absolutely. stuff that will come up is it's, it's ethical. It's, it's Courtney mm -hmm. trouble. And that's who I mm -hmm. work with. And, um, it's my studio and it's, there's, there's a like pink and white. And, um, there are so many companies out there making the type of porn that does represent these underrepresented, yeah, uh, you know, groups of people. So, you know, something a lot of people say all the time out, out in the wild is, oh, lesbian porn, it's so fake and everyone's just doing fake yeah. things. And, and I'm like, 
sure there is some of that but like have you heard of since age like yeah. <laughs> you know like I, you know it's the it, it is it because you you'd get a lot of that old school studio mm-hmm. porn where like yeah. you know you they they didn't have the option and the girls didn't have the option to no. to work with people they wanted to work with right you know now we're always we have the option to work with the body types we'd like to work with you know do do the things we like to do, which I feel like mm-hmm. lays the way for your right underrepresented, uh, whether it's body types, sexualities, kinks, really anything mm-hmm. that's just harder to find. I do a lot of coughing porn, oh, cool. which I didn't even know was a thing. Yep. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, that's not that's not something that you're going to find on Pornhub. I mean, you can look right. really hard, but it's, yeah. you know, that's it's given me the opportunity and it's given consumers of porn the opportunity to see so much variety in all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that that is something that I think Clips for Sale specifically has mm-hmm. kind of brought to the world. And they've been around for more than 20 years now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, if you do want to be ethical about your porn consumption, it takes like a little bit of homework, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, if so as far as where clicks go, Again, if you're watching stuff for free, you're probably not doing it, consuming it ethically. And if you have, can do a little homework and pay attention to who's making what you're watching and who's performing in what you're watching and, you know, what uh, other performers are saying about them and stuff like that, Twitter's the place to find out all that stuff. And then you can make sure that, that you're watching stuff that people are happy and excited to make with people that they want to be working with and, and everyone's happy. (laughs) It's strikingly, I mean, our jobs are really no different than most mainstream actors. I mean, yeah, I always tell people. Yeah. They also didn't have the kind of capabilities that we have now. Mm -hmm. So they were also beholden to studios. Yep. But I mean, it's the same way where, you know, if you hear about an actor who did something super shitty or, you know, Harvey Weinstein or whatever, you know, you can choose to take that information. And I mean, porn is the same way. Most people are very, you know, it says who it's directed by. It says who stars in it, you know, things of that sort. It's it really is the same thing as being like, oh, I'm not going to watch this because it's, you know, done by this person. And I know that they're right. They're not a good person. Whereas this director, I know that everyone loves them. Exactly. Yeah. And it is, and it is the same thing with the, uh, with the mainstream acting industry. I mean, you hear about this all the times the next person pops up. Oh, he did what now? Yeah. No, we're not. Kevin Spacey isn't in stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's usually how it goes too. the, Mm -hmm. the industry at large will just kind of ostracize that person. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. we have such a capability to talk to each other now. You know, uh-huh. we can we can post instantly on Twitter. Whoa, this yeah. person did this, and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And and really feed information to each other that we haven't felt safe or comfortable doing for many right. years. Yep. And now it's actively encouraged. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, people, I, I, I can't tell you how many people have been like, well, I'm going to Vegas, you know, who's safe to work with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here you go. Like, oh, yeah. You. Yeah. We share these lists all the time, too. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, as well, uh, so listeners and people know, for long in the industry, we've had something called a no list. Mm-hmm. So if you have an agent and you have had bad experiences with certain people or whatever, you will tell your agent, 
here's my no list. So these are the people that I refuse to work with, whether it's mm -hmm. directors or other performers or whatever. That's always been something that you could do. Mm -hmm. Conti continues, you know, to this day, you make your own no list. <laughs> like, nope, do not work with that person. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, so Jay, I really hope that was uh, a good answer for you. <laughs> and if you have a great question, more detailed uh, questions of surrounding that, if I can come up with more answers, you can always um, hit me up on the socials. All right. Uh, so one more question before we get going. Uh, all right. If you weren't working in the adult industry, what would your dream job be? And that is from M. Uh, so I went to school to be a mortician. Oh, yeah, girl. Uh, oh, that yeah. is something I went to school for. Um, at this point in my life, I would run taxidermy. Like one, one of those two things. Uh, that's, yeah. that's why I, I, and I, I really planned on, on opening my own funeral home and that being, that being my job. And then I yeah. fell into this and I do this yeah. full time now. Right. Um, but I would love to, I do not know how to taxidermy to be fair, but that's a weird fascination of mine and I would learn yeah. how to do it and I would have a little taxidermy shop. That's beautiful. I will say, uh, Drake is extremely into taxidermy. Um, over COVID, there was this, it's called like a Obscura, At Atlas Obscura or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they offer all these classes and stuff. And oh, he took, uh, it's like an online taxidermy mm -hmm. course. Uh, I think it was a bird taxidermy. And so mm -hmm. the girl just talked all about everything, the laws, the regulations. And then she like went through a whole bird and filmed the whole thing and told that. you how to do it. And then at the same time, I took a class that was called, I want to say it was like the art of death. And it was mm -hmm. just this uh, several week course just talking about, it was really more technical than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little more like existential, yeah. but, <laughs> but it was still really interesting. And I did learn a lot, but it sounds like you're kind of, you're kind of intrigued, fascinated by keep desk close as well. I, I like to say that that's kind of some, what I do. Yeah. Um, I've always, I've always been fascinated with, you know, the uh, macabre and the spooky yeah, and, and the horror. We're, we're big horror movie fans in the house. Yeah, and here, those here. the the way that death is so scary, but also imminent. I mean, it. Yes. It, it's not yeah. you know it's not something like a sickness that you can avoid. It you nope. literally have to confront it. It just yep. depends on when you do that in your life. And I find it. Mm -hmm. I find socially it fascinating to see how other people like do that like to see yeah. them be very uncomfortable with death or very yes. comfortable with death and mm -hmm. and how that works i mean death and taxes is something that you know that's the it. only two constants in our life that's right and so that that juxtaposition of things that are spooky and you know quote unquote terrible and things like that mm -hmm. you know next to things that are beautiful and and wholesome that's why i wanted to run a funeral home was because yeah. death would death would happen Mm -hmm. But I felt like I could be there to guide yeah. people through it. Exactly. And that was really, that was, I felt as though that would be really fulfilling to me. And I, it, yeah. if I went back to it, I still, I still believe that. Yeah. So you definitely watched the show Six Feet Under, right? Definitely. Yes. Okay. Cause that prescribe, that's my prescription to all the listeners, like watch that series. Yes, yeah, it is. It, it is excellent. It, it has its weird moments, but every single episode starts with a random death mm -hmm. 
And then it's sort of like the fallout from that. But uh, it is, I mean, ask anyone, look it up on the internet. The series finale is the best series finale of any show ever. Yes, and it's just, I would agree. So the creator of Six Feet Under is also the person who um, made the movie American Beauty. And you can sort of see a lot of crossover Definitely. with it. It's just so poetically, poignantly beautiful and touching. Mm -hmm. And I think it really uh, does that thing where you you take stock of what it means to be alive. Definitely. And I think being comfortable with death or attempting to be comfortable with death, that is part of it, is recognizing the value of being alive. Yes. I, I think many, many people fear things they can't control or fear, yes. you know, just the idea of the end of things in general. Yeah. Um, but I've always been of the, you know, I, I, I had some rough stuff happen as a kid and, and I, I was very aware that life was very temporary. Yeah. It was, you know, it, you could see that. And so to me, it was like, it's easier to find beauty or humor or right. you know the silly stuff about things that are scary um, yes. and, and death is for most people the scariest thing yeah yeah absolutely fuck yeah come to the sage advice podcast and get some existential discussions my favorite i love talking about titties <laughs> and then immediately about really in-depth discussions that's that's yeah. my jam same oh my gosh same um, okay, so for, I should answer this question too. So if I wasn't an adult in the adult industry, I'd probably be like, why am I not in the adult industry? <laughs> I mean, you were, uh, you were telling everybody. You, I if you hadn't done everybody. it, you would, have been a, you would have been a disappointment to people. That's right, especially myself. But um, so there was a time period where I was taking community college classes with the goal of like, getting the um like the prerequisites out of the way uh so you know your your like your english classes and your history mm -hmm. classes and like all your basic bullshit. Ugh, schooling is just so weird um but i w wanted to get to this point where i guess i had heard about this school in uh somewhere in like central California, I want to say, or maybe it was like Moore Park or something. And it was a school to be an animal, like a wild animal, like an exotic animal, not maybe caretaker slash handler. So I don't want to say a trainer. It wasn't like a Siegfried and Roy type situation, but it was like, you could, you would go work at a zoo or maybe at, um, you do present like educational presentations okay, about yeah, these yeah. animals. And I was really into that. And I think something that you'll find with a lot of sex workers is that everybody loves animals and it's true. Uh, everyone runs like a dog sanctuary or has, you know, eight cats or whatever the case may be just a lot of, a lot of pet love. I, I know mm. another one who uh, breeds ball pythons. I love that. Uh, which I love ball pythons too. I've had a couple in my life. And um, so, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe if, if there was no educational barrier or monetary mm -hmm. barrier and I could just learn how to do this thing and be hands-on interactive, 
with wild animals in, in safe and humane ways. That's something I would love to do. Definitely. I think. Uh, the other thing is like, I do, I talk about this a lot too. Uh, I did go to school for massage therapy and I do mm-hmm. know how to do that. And I do enjoy doing it. Um, and then I just, I just think that sex work is better. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, maybe, maybe in another world I would be doing that full time. I don't know, but yeah, those are some of the things I would do, but I know that in my heart of hearts, I'd be like, I should be on a stage with my titties out. Honestly. What am I doing here? Because <laughs> yeah. you get that, you get that question a lot. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, what would you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing this so long. Right. I can't imagine anything else. It is hard to imagine anything else. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'd love to be like a movie star or a oh, rock sure. star. Like, yeah. Like if I could be in like mainstream Hollywood movies, although I do say that now and then I, it's just like the life doesn't sound that fun. Uh, I mean, no, depending. I'm, I'm a homebody and right. I don't like talking to strangers. So I feel yeah. like those two things, it's really hard to be in stuff like that. And honestly, yeah. I feel, depending on how you're working, I feel like because we're independent, like we just have exactly. so many more options. It's true. Then it's true. someone who has to go do stuff. You know, if I, if I want to dress up as Pikachu yep. today, because that's what feels funny to me. Right. Uh, and also that's, that's aside from working at studio with, with studios um it's like i decide i wake up when i want to wake up and i yeah. definitely here's my thing i take for fucking ever to get ready uh to be on camera and so you know but if i had to have like 6 a.m call times all the time and then you got to be there and yeah maybe i could you do that for to, two days and then I yeah would, and I'd then, like, and nope. then you know yeah two hours later you have to be being and playing a character and ready to go and all your yeah. lines memorized and all this other shit and not only that but then you want to go to the grocery store and you fucking can't or you can't go to like disneyland right. or something i mean i don't know you can't just like go live your normal life like yeah like nah. I mean, uh, that's the thing is it would it that would drive me crazy i could never be yeah. i've had a lot of friends and and just people who who are like well you know do you want to be famous or do you like the idea of being famous and i'm like actually yeah, yeah. i love i mean i like the fantasy of being famous like oh, what definitely. it seems like in my mind but yeah. the reality of being famous i always say like the amount of fame i have is almost exactly right it's just yes. perfect. Like mm-hmm. some, like a stranger on the street recognizes me maybe once a year and I, yeah. and I feel really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's good for me. Like I can still yeah. go and, and you'll live just, a normal you'll keep life. that up there and that's nice. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't imagine like just not being able to do the things I want to do. Yeah. Like not being able to, you know, drive, go to the store, get drive through, <sighs> go to the dispensary, like whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. Also, I'm way too high all of the time <laughs> to work to work on someone else's schedule at this point. Right. Exactly. So it's nice to be your own boss. Put it that yeah. way. <laughs> In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so wonderful. You are so amazing. Uh, I knew you would be. This has been a great podcast. Thank you you so much. And it just makes me want to hang out with you more. And I I wish we were closer in Mm -hmm. in, um, proximity, but I will definitely see you at ABN. Yes, absolutely. It'd be cool if we could get some some work in there too. So yeah. yeah. So uh, please tell everyone where they can find you and pay to support what you do. 
Um, you can always visit my website, therileydaniels.com. Um, the best place to connect with me is always Twitter, which is just at the Riley Daniels. That is where I post all of my kind of explicit trailers, things of that sort, and also just the absolute randomness that comes to my brain. Perfect. Yeah, a solid <laughs> amount of shitposting entities. Ah, lovely. <laughs> all right, so uh, therileydaniels.com. And uh, thank you so much again. Just absolutely lovely to have you on. And everyone, of course, you know me. I am Sin Sage, your host here at the Sage Advice Podcast. And you can just go to sin-sage.com for all of my stuff. There's links to everything there. I have all the socials somehow still highly <laughs> censored um, <laughs> and definitely shadow banned. I took I put all this effort to make a TikTok. And in the beginning, I was like, look at this, look at these numbers. And now it's just like, I don't know, five I people look that. at them. It hurts, but whatever. Um, but yeah. And here's the most important thing that I need from you, my listeners, is your advice questions. So if you want to have me and my guest answer questions that you might have about sex and relationships and sexuality and questions regarding that and maybe queerness and maybe things of that nature. If you have questions about how porn works, things you've always wondered, please do send your questions in to sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. Sin, of course, you spell it with two N's, S-I-N-N-S-A-G-E podcast at gmail.com. And we will answer your question on an upcoming episode. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to my guest, Riley. And everybody now, you know what to do. Get out there and live authentically. Mm -hmm.